right. Well, welcome to Jesus TV, Jesus in this mess. And so what you didn't see, we won't talk about the details of, but we just um, had a conversation that would be called uh, a difficult conversation. It wasn't super difficult, but when you have a group of people that are different than one another, <laughs> which is what you always have in families, in everywhere, um, it just comes with life. Um, it's a part of the package. Because um, if they're not you, even if they're you, you can actually have problems with yourself. <clears throat> um, and so disagreements, and, and there's a book called Difficult Conversations, and I've never read it, but I know the title says it all, um, that in this life, in order for us to walk with Christ, we have to be able to um, develop, develop a capacity to have difficult conversations. Um, and part of those is, um, a lot of it is miscommunications. Um, and so a lot of the time when you walk with Christ, um, you'll think you heard one thing, but it wasn't what you thought. Um, and, and what you heard, maybe even from Jesus, you, you read the scriptures and say, well, here's how it's going to be. So you just walk forward thinking this is how it's going to be. Um, and surprise, it's not. Um, and that's the Jewish leaders of the time, Pharisees, Sadducees, and the people that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to deliver us from bondage. Well, he absolutely did. It wasn't the kind of deliverance you were expecting, though. So you have some difficult conversations with Jesus, and we've all had those. But we were having difficult conversations with one another, and we can all do difficult things. But sometimes people are like, oh, no, no, I can't do this. And, and so things get stopped or damned. Um, uh, or, um, and so that's what we're um, speaking of. And so we decided to frame this episode, what we have left, probably 20 minutes or so, um, just that understanding that in your walk with Christ and our walk collectively, if we are to formulate a new culture, a new society, we are going to have to learn how to disagree um, in agreeable ways. Yeah, we disagree, but we were agreeable or we're kind or long-suffering, gentle, meek, forgiving. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the intro. If you guys have any thoughts, but that's the intro to that. I think it just has to do the importance of, of being brave, because when I had some things that I needed to bring up with these two, it was really hard for me because I, I deeply care about Jonathan and, and Greg, and I didn't want to... Uh, jeopardize our friendship. Um, I had a similar conversation with um, a really good, a really good friend of ours. Um, one of our husbands, probably our best friends. Um, we had to have a similar conversation with them uh, earlier this year. Uh, so one of the things that my husband that happens to us sometimes is we're we're pretty nice people, but sometimes what happens, and it, I don't think it happened in, in this in this case, um, but sometimes what happens is we've noticed that. Um, we get taken advantage of sometimes. And again, I don't really feel like it happened in, in the case we talked about earlier, but sometimes it, it happens with us and people will just kind of use us and they don't realize that like, for example, like they'll send their kids over every day and they'll be here for hours, hours and hours. And then if we ever need something, they're like, oh no, sorry, like your kids can't. And we're like, 
and or sometimes they'll do that and it essentially ends up becoming like free babysitting and like we don't have a problem with kids coming to play but then it's like if they're hanging out here and we're like oh it's time for you to go home you know then they're like oh my parents aren't home they went to go do this and they're going to be gone for a few hours and that's happened to us and we're like um yeah we're not babysitters we don't like babysitting but if you want to play with our kids that's cool you know what i'm saying and so we've had to have some conversations like that. And usually with our neighbors, it's like not an offense thing. You know, usually it's like, oh yeah, we just figured they were there. We needed to go run this errand really fast. And we're like, so like Greg said, that all comes down, I think, to um, communication. Like if if people, you know, if, if, and together we can, I think this happens a lot um, in religion too. Actually, I know it happens a lot. But the thing is, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's hard to have those hard conversations. It's hard to have it with those that are close to you. It's hard to have it in your same household. Um, the amount of anxiety that these conversations cause me um, is crazy. Like when I knew I had to have this conversation, I didn't sleep at all. I like, right? No, no. Yeah, so that's kind of where. And, yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, and, and and part of the thing is uh, because we're not we're not equipped. This is not difficult conversations. We are. We grew up in a culture. It's not just the LDS culture. A wider culture. It's a go along, get along, let's get along. We don't, there's, there are other cultures where there's huge disagreements and they debate things. For instance, a, a little pod of that is, is called the Supreme Court. Those are kind of different individuals. They are used to vigorously, vigorously, sharply disagreeing. And then they go have lunch together with smiles and laughter. And you're like, what is that? Well, if you ever watch a football game, same thing can happen. They will talk trash to each other. And then these guys will go to a party together. Oh, yeah, you really... It's like, um, is there a world that you can live in where you can be sharp, blunt, and then go to sleep fine at night? Yes, there is. But that's not the world we live in. We live in a world <laughs> that Emily's talking about where like, you lose sleep because you got to tell these people, and I like them, but I, but I need to tell them this truth. And it's like, oh, God bless her heart. Because that that hurts my heart, Emily. The, like because I'm not built that way. I like I sleep okay. I might I might have five minutes of that anxiety. Like oh, this bothers me. Okay, I'm going to sleep. And I had to be built that way because I am very sensitive, like you are, and it would wreck me too. But I've got certain things with my mission to do that I have to be able to say. Okay, we're going to keep that in that box <laughs> and this in this box. We did. We're human. We cared about it for five minutes. We're, so we're like Emily. Well, yeah, but she did it all night. I know. I'm doing it for five minutes. Um, so if I lose my job, oh, Greg's going to be mad for five minutes. Yeah, and then I'm like, okay, what's next? Go get another job. And I'm aware of that capacity, and, and it is a gift. It's a curse, too, because, <laughs> like, you probably ought to mourn a little bit more. And so it's a curse gift. But ultimately, where we need to go as a society we got to be um, robust and strong and nimble enough that we can have difficult conversations without people running away with their toys. Let's stay here and let's work through this. And But it's inevitable because, in fact, I'll tell you, Emily, <laughs> when we were talking, I'm like, you set this up, didn't you, Jesus? Um, and he did. This is the harder part of Jesus. He sets these things up. He did for Joseph Smith. Hey, now's a good time to do banking, right at the very time when there's bank failures going. He has Joseph Smith. I know that's Jesus. Yeah, why don't you start a bank and have all your friends chip in? Let's see how that works. 
That's called a divine chicane. That's called a, an obstacle course that can separate um, friends from uh, and from foes. And so certain people forgave Joseph, you know, the prophet who said, hey, let's do a bank. And others did it. And so it started separating wheat from tares, if you will. And, and let's not be bad on the tares. It's just there's certain people who were not quite outfitted to go do the next thing, which was go in the West and settle the whole Rocky Mountains. You needed to get down to those people. And so in, in the grand scheme of things, it's good we have tender-hearted people that get offended and they walk away. They can still go do good things. That's how I view it. But I also know um, we're not going. We're not going to build Zion unless we can have difficult conversations and not get offended. We we, we practice this: forgive your enemies, love your enemies. Uh, so even people who vigorously disagree with you, is there a way in which you can respond to them with peace and, and kindness? Um, anyhow, go ahead, Jonathan. I saw your hand up. Um, what occurred to me was just that it's inevitable. Um... Because um, because of I think the nature of of mortality or existence, um, we have the problems of space and time and perception. And so it's like, um, well, how are you going to handle space? It's tricky, you know, it's like and and um, what constitutes um, what constitutes, um, uh boundaries you know like the boundaries of a home it's like i've become convinced it's like you know a man and a wife and their kids is um it's the integral unit of um of existence and it's like from one family to another um and it's almost like everything tries to mimic that like you know like when the state um the government becomes larger and it, it it it'll oftentimes take things from the family and start acting like the family um and um and i don't know where the the lines are as far as government goes but as far as a, a home goes it's like that's the way that you create peace that's the way that you create um continuity for the children um and you go into different homes going down the street and it's all different and so um, it's like there's a sanctity of the family. And so it's like, and I kind of wonder, it's, and it's, it's built into the very way that things exist. And so long story short, it's inevitable that their misunderstandings and the ability to, to handle them is, um, is really important because what we all want to protect is, I think, is, um, is, uh, I guess the integrity of the individual and the integrity of the family. So, um, so what was I going to say? It's, it's, it's inevitable and you have to have talks. And I know for myself, like with what we were talking about earlier, it's like, um, it's always interesting navigating your path in the world. Um, as if like the ocean is full of ships too many, <laughs> you know, it's like the old earth is full and you're trying to kind of make your way through or, you know, like a ship trying to make its way through treacherous waters where there's big rocks underneath and trying not to to run into somebody's <laughs> island. I tend to be the kind of person, I am super like 
super careful to try to not um, bump into somebody else. Um, and being that I live kind of on the outskirts, it means that I keep trying to keep moving um, so that I don't, um, you know, cause any offense. And so, um, but inevitably you do like one of the things, one of the wrenches that God threw me was having a dog. It's like, I haven't, we had a dog for a little while, a few years ago and, and it ended up turning out badly. We, we were staying, um, uh, I actually, we, we, we had, it was when we were in South Dakota, I talked about South Dakota last time. And um, I had the impression it was time to move on, and I did not move on. Somebody offered us a place to stay, and um, our little dog killed a couple of their chickens. And um, and I ended up having to give up the dog. It was one of the most difficult circumstances I'd, I'd ever been in. Um, but I, But it's like having a dog is kind of a big thing, and then God plops this dog in my lap, and... and um, and I didn't, you know, it's like, you don't realize how difficult it is to like, anytime you decide to do something or be somewhere, especially with me, cause I live like in my van, it's like, it's like, oh crap, that's right. I have a, have a dog and oh, he's out there and he's barking all of a sudden, but I'm not quite leaving as soon as I expected. And okay, what do I do now? Um, uh, but what I found is that in the end, it's like with love, it all it all just works out. It's like, um, it's like we all love each other. And, and sometimes you have people who can't take the hint, but most of us can take a hint when we realize we've stepped over a boundary. But, um, anyways, uh, it's inevitable and we have to just humbly talk about it and work through it. So that's, yeah, that's something. I mean, maybe God brings these up with us because uh, my husband and I are both very sensitive. And I think we're both very kind people. We have a hard time setting boundaries um, is really what it comes down to. And so I think this has been a year for us, like with some of our conversations with the people that we care about, of just setting boundaries. Because part of it is we've always been like, oh, we really love these people. And then we kind of um, get walked over. Not that these people are trying to walk on us. It's because we didn't establish boundaries. It's it's not like the people being, it's not like our friends or like anyone being like, oh, we're going to do this and take advantage. It's more like they're like, oh, I didn't think you guys care. And and the truth is, it's like, oh, well, we do kind of care. I mean, not just more like a care of just like run this bias kind of care, usually. <laughs> but it's, um yeah, it's hard to set those boundaries for both of us. So usually what happens is something happens and we're like, whoa, that doesn't make us comfortable. And that I think is a sign like, oh, we need to set a boundary. If we don't like that kind of thing, it just means set a boundary. And it's something that, um. Actually, I've been struggling when I was, was going to a lot of addiction recovery stuff. I started first learning about boundaries, you know, like five years ago. I didn't even realize, like, I don't know. I guess I didn't even realize there were boundaries. Um, like, I always just wanted to be a really kind person. And I think, like you said, it's important. And I think, um, like, it makes me really uncomfortable to bring up boundary conversations. I hate it with a passion. And maybe that's why it keeps happening. Um, but it's something I've learned as a teacher, too. Uh, you know, I have to learn to set boundaries. I mean, I do with my students, but I also have to learn, like, like I want to always help my students, but like, they can't always, like if I'm teaching a class, another student wants to come in and talk just about whatever. I'm usually have to be like, Hey, like I'm teaching right now. I want to talk to you. Can you come back at this point? You know, it's like when you're working, like, you know, it's just, and usually boundaries, um, one of the what books I read on boundaries, I don't remember what it's called. Well, I only read part of it <laughs> because that's what I do with self-help books. I never finish them. <laughs> I guess if I finish a self-help book, that means that I've been totally self-helped. So if I never finish it, 
apparently that means i don't know i'm just saying i never finished them i don't know why it's just really weird anyways but that one was saying like boundaries when you're setting boundaries usually it's a lot of difficult discussions and then once those boundaries get made it's better like with my husband and i we're always trying to set boundaries part of it is there's a lot of things at home that like we just assume the person other person's gonna do and then they don't do it and then we get mad one or the other of us is like i thought you were gonna do the dishes and I was like, well, I thought you were going to do the dishes. And then the dishes don't. So that's kind of what happened. Uh, well, this morning it was just, we were got too busy. And so we had like, literally, we have a lot of dishes and they all got used. I mean, that's, I bet we have like 30 bowls. I don't think we've done dishes for like three days. And with the family, that's a lot of dishes. <laughs> and so, and that's concluding having pizza two nights. Um, but we didn't really use dishes. <laughs> but uh, so it's like, then you have to, then we usually have to set some kind of boundary deal. My husband, I'm like, honey, if you paint downstairs, that kind of hurts my wrist and we need that room painted. If you can do the primer paint downstairs, I'll load the dishes. And he hates, he hates doing dishes. Um, and I'm like, and I'll start cleaning the kitchen a little bit just so we can have kind of like a functional kitchen. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect, but we just, we got to be able to have the dishes, you know, and at least two square feet of counter space. Yeah, just minimals. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's just kind of, yeah, you guys can go ahead, but that's just kind of what I was thinking. But oh, I should say too, so I have like um, Greg and Jonathan, I really don't want you to feel bad about giving me, I have a lot of anxiety. So me having a lack of sleep is a, is a fairly normal thing. Um, so it's more, and so part, I usually when I'm struggling, when I'm staying up really late, like I know times in the past I've stayed up really late and I'm really tired on here or I miss it. It's usually because there's something, some kind of boundary I have to set either with others or a lot of times for myself. And if I don't do it, I get this like crazy anxiety and it just like repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats in my head. And I'm like, until I like write it down and I have to be like, okay, we need to have a conversation about this. And and then once I like make that decision, then I'm like, usually, okay. I'd be like, okay, this is what I need to talk about. But it's just, I just tend to avoid things and then they just become bigger things and they're really not that big. But in my head, they become huge and there's these overwhelming things. And that's actually one of the things that started me painting Jesus in this mess in the first place was just because I get all these huge feelings and I'm just, I'm ruminating. I've known that I'm a ruminator since I was at, since you know, I was a teenager and I first got diagnosed with stuff. They were like, oh, what you're doing is called ruminating. And I'm like, oh, that's where I like cycle about things. And I think about the same thing again and again and again. And it's hard. Um, you know, it's hard to have that in some ways. But at the same time, it also makes me like I, you know, I can paint a lot of paintings all like in a short period of time. Or I can do like there's pros and cons, I guess, to it is what I'm saying. I don't know, I'm going to stop rambling. I feel like I've been talking a long time. Yeah, I'd like to tie into something that's happened in 2023. I think it's a hinge point within our culture. Uh, 2024, Jesus tells me that's when we're going to see a show. So whether it's 25, 26, 27, you, you take that up with Jesus. But what I can see and I have eyes to see is culturally, and it has to do with what our conversation is. In 2023, just recently, we see three, these are the three events, but there's more, but three that I can speak of. The, um, the coming out of uh, the sound of freedom and the response to it, the coming out of Al Bean's song about try that in the small town, and then just most recently, um, 
a person named Oliver Anthony, kind of like a nobody who has shot up to number one, his song has. Um, and what God is pointing out to me right now is this, the spirit of that song. Uh, it's the righteous indignation, meaning it's tuned to the right thing. It's uh, tuned like Donald Trump is. It's like there's an anger. And if you, uh, the spirit giveth utterance to the um, groanings within us. And oftentimes that, that may not be the most holy spirit, but so his song's kind of angry, has some cussing in it and so forth. But he's now giving voice to, to underlying things. So you can have a society that's ruminating, to use the term you're talking about, inside and amongst themselves. There's agitation. And you can't see it. It's like, no, it seems like life's going on. It's going on. But there's people crossing boundaries. Uh, be like them parking out in front of your house or something. And you're like, this is bothering me. But I'm not going to say anything about it. We'll just kind of go along. And then there's going to be this explosion. And it won't be the French Revolution because we don't speak English. But whatever's coming in 2024 is going to be, or 25 or 26, is going to be memorable. Let's just say historically memorable because of the thing that you're talking about. But what God's, that third song, uh, he said, you see how something righteous, because it is, it's a righteous song. Um, if you hear his story, he, he said no to $8 million. The, 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 the music company's like, oh, do a contract with us. And he said no to $8 million. Like, oh my goodness, that's totally Jesus. You know, and, and he uses flawed individuals. You know, this guy's got mental health. He knows it. But that's the cool thing is, like, this guy's talking about his mental health status without shame. And, like, this is a unique character. And just as Jordan Peterson is and so forth. But um, there's something going on right there. And this is the hinge point. So these, these three um, things I've spoke of and their, their reaction for those that have eyes to see, in other words, Jesus says, when you see the fig leaf, know that summer is nigh. In other words, there's a harvest coming. And it's going to be a disruptive harvest, but it's going to be good for us, um, is what I believe. So, um, But let me tie it to what we're talking about, which I kind of did, is there's things that are groanings. Um, I'm using a scripture in Romans. Uh, the Spirit giveth utterance to the groanings within us. And so learning to let that spirit, let's speak it, name it, claim it. And so he did. He goes, the rich man um, north of Richmond, in other words, the people in this society are not treating us fair. They're taking us for granted. And then he gives in the song certain ways. Well, I, I, I pull this to our um, understanding because of what we're talking about, but also because here's the pattern. It's often times artists okay so emily's an artist a painter who give expression and then people glue themselves and so we're like well hold it donald trump isn't an artist look up the um the phrase um sacred clown and shaman and trickster you'll see who donald trump really is he's giving voice and and, and people are supporting him not giving him eight million dollars um record companies but they're giving um, support, and, and they do it knowing he is a clown. He is, um, but he's the clown that needs to disrupt that. And so this is the nature of re revolution. Sometimes you're releasing something that's out of control because of your um, tight anxiety. Um, and learning to do this well is what we have to learn how to do. Yes, express things that are um, 
inside your soul, you're saying, this should not stand. Then we've been putting up with this forever. Learn to express it, use English, uh, use passion, but then don't do the next thing, which is this. Here's what's going to happen. The righteous, the righteously indignant, are going to get hijacked, and they're going to become just as wicked as the wicked people, the people who have been abusing, um, and that's what I believe is going to happen. Not in, in mass, because there's going to be some people who know that. You have to be balanced, all right? So this is a long, festering offense, but we need to not be filled with that spirit of offense. And so I wanted to share that in light, because it's a, it's a big warning for me, is that song. And I love that song. Would I say, don't play that song? No, that's from God. Yeah, but you just, you're telling us, Greg, that that's going to get hijacked. Oh, yeah. It's going to, because um, uh, there's fears. And some people can't convert their fears into faith. That's the problem. We have not learned how to, let's take those fears. Let's take that anger and give it expression. And that's what Christ can do. He's the mediator. He can mediate between the raw energy, what they'd say, the lower chakra, and he can mediate until it comes out. Let's use our voice so that, to, to end with this. Have you ever heard um, teachers say, let's use our words? Because <laughs> little people are just like, I want to use my fist. I want to hit this little kid. Let's use our words. I'm angry. You, you didn't treat me fair. There we go. And then that actually has an effect, which is a calming effect. I've been heard. I've been recognized. And then if they don't recognize you, then Jesus invites you to the next thing. Love your enemies. But they revile me. I told them what they did, and they know that they're lying, and they know that I know they're lying, and yet they're still lying. That's right. What are you going to do? I'm going to go get them. <laughs> well, what about loving them? Well, you go get them, perhaps. And so, anyways, I'll, I'll let you guys comment on that. I, I wanted to tie it into the wider framework that Jesus has me uh, tapped into. Jonathan, I thought you had something earlier you wanted to say. Sure, I was just waiting to see if you had something first, but I'll I'll go and then, yeah, so I'll start, I guess. So um, uh, I, I was just going to say, um, all those, there's that scripture that all those who won't take up their sword against their neighbor will flee to Zion. Um, and um, seems like the history of Zion is that Zion flees. It's like, um, you know, Nephi in the promised land and his brothers are coming around killing them. And it's like, what do they do? Well, let's try to get out of here. It was their first reaction. Um and only did they, you know, did they really kind of put in their heels when they realized that, you know, they no matter where they fle fled, the Lamanites would keep coming for them. Um, but um, I think that's the, my main thought. I just, um, I'm really to a place in my life where it's like, um, it's like, and that's, I, you know, I think I live my life that way in a lot of ways. It's like, I try to keep moving enough so that, um, so that, um, oh, it's a place of, of peace, I guess. It is strange. I don't know what, it, how it's going to turn out. Sometimes in war, the worst place that you can be is in a place of not wanting to take sides. 
it's like you know um it's like you know the the one side let's call it the red side might be mad at the blue side but who they're even madder at is the person who won't choose red or blue it's like um the person who says no i just want to if you ever seen that movie uh the shot not the shawshank redemption sorry um hacksaw ridge about the young man who wouldn't um who wouldn't carry a gun and um he ends up getting beat up by his fellow you know um uh and persecuted and everything else because um he just said i won't i won't take up a gun i won't fight this fight and that's the way i feel when i look at everything that's happening i don't know that we really want to go down that route but it's like and, and there's a problem. I used to always think that there was a solution, right? If we could just sit down and talk about this, we can come to an answer, you know, together. But I have learned that there comes a point where there's irreconcilable differences. There's a point where, the you know, if the thing that I think is right, um, you think is evil, and the thing that you think is right, I think is evil, then it's like either we go to war or we part ways and um and that's really difficult but that's just what i wanted to throw out it makes me think of that scripture i don't think there's any good answer for it other than i think the one that i most resonate with is the gandhi idea it's like it's like um and in a lot of ways it's like greg and i have talked about this it's like my my life is kind of over it's like, so it doesn't matter if, you know, it's like, but I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to allow the media or anybody else to draw me into taking sides and what is coming, because I think both sides are going to lose. Um, and um, if that means that there's no place left, <laughs> no place left where, you know, there's no sides taken and that, you know, there's then that has to be the case. And it's like, you know, it's like, and God will know how long he can hide me and God will know how long he can before, you know, my life gets taken, but I don't want to fight in this next fight. So anyways, how do we get off on that? I, I've been told, um, so Jonathan's talking about kind of like loners. And um, so he's right, but um, that doesn't stay for very long. God gathers his sheep and into folds. So there's a transition time that's very awkward, lonely, but he will eventually gather his sheep. And so Jesus has put into my heart who I will gather with. There's going to be tribes. So um, if you search your heart, you'll know we're going to be breaking into tribes. We already have tribe approximations. And what you need to know is who's your tribe? What are the signs of your tribe? And I know that my tribe is going to be praying for their enemies, um, that they'll respect people who are mad about the rich men north of Richmond, and they'll, they'll not condemn anyone who has cuss words for those, but they will pray for the rich men of Richmond. Um, and, and here's the main thing for my particular, is we're going to gather in the name of Jesus Christ, that I've, I've been told that I am to gather under his name, literally J-E-S-U-S, -S, nothing other than that. And it's because it has a cultural cachet. There's different sociological reasons, but there's a spiritual reason as well. And of course, what about if they call him the great spirit of the universe? I leave that to Jesus. I know who my tribe is. 
and and we will gather. Um, but I'm I'm a loner like Jonathan is, waiting for the tribe to gather. And we're we're close. It's called the Jesus Revolution. It's not called the all the revolution. It's not called, although those are good revolutions. God will put people's hearts. Um, but I'm I'm gathering with the Jesus tribe. Those who talk of Christ, preach of Christ, prophesy of Christ. Well, what about the other people who use um, euphemisms? That's perfectly fine. And if they want to join with the Jesus people, that's fine. Or whatever um, the group decides to call themselves, but they will distinguish themselves by how they treat their enemies, I think. That's anyways, this is what God's put in my heart, trying to get me ready and my children so that we will know where to go. Because if you go look throughout history, there was gatherings in everything, but there were times where you're, you're pretty lonely until you gather and sometimes it's just a family, but then that family gets joined by another family. So that's, that's what God's put in my heart. And like Jonathan, I don't care, they can just kill me. It's like, that's easier. And a lot of people are going to choose that. Their hearts will fail them, and they'll curse God. I'm not going to. I'm like, that's who I join with. Because that's right, Jesus put my heart. When we're talking, Jonathan goes, "You already chose your your group." So I'm I'm gathering with the immortals because that's the ones that are big on Jesus. So Greg, do you have a group? Oh, I do. Most of them are immortal. I talk to them often. Those. Those are the ones, um, and but then mortals will be drawn to that same energy. Okay, that's enough on mine. My end. All right, I had some thoughts on this all too. Um, I actually feel like that like Greg said you've said this big change is coming in 2024. I actually feel like, I mean, the world really changed in 2020, not just because of the like everything since COVID, but what I noticed is everybody became so much more divisive, and like there were all these differences before. But what I feel like is everybody was so easy to offend ever since 2020. Um, I never used to worry so much about what I said and what I did. I mean, I did a little bit, but now it's like, I really feel that. I just see in the news, I feel like everybody's out to get everybody else. And it's, um, and it's a scary place to be where it's like, you can't, you know, you can't um, say and do what you believe in, in, in some ways. But the other thing I'm really trying to work on right now is, um, besides setting boundaries, it's just having uh, this love and acceptance for people uh, that believe things different than me. Um, and and maybe that sounds kind of weird, but just uh, just coming from from where I come from, I don't know how to explain this without offending, right? <laughs> but, um, but just, I guess, basically, just. It's okay for people to believe things that I think are false and, and how to be okay with that, you know, and how to be okay with people that have different religious or different um, political things and how to be okay. And just, you know, and how to, I mean, and how do you, um, I hear of some families, like some, some people I know, it's like their family, everybody's like a different religious belief, a different political belief, a different, you know, everything belief, and they're okay. And they can talk about it and joke about it, and it's fine. And I would love to be to that place where I, where I can be fine, where those I'm with can be fine. Because I don't like it when I go, because I've talked about this before in our situations, I don't like it when I go places and people are like, you know, family or close friends people, they're like, well, you're crazy. And they just think I'm crazy. And they think anything I do or say is crazy. And that's hard for me. That's what I've been like, Greg, I'm not strong like you. I care what people think a lot. And that is something I have been really really working on 
And I'm, so that's something I'm trying to learn is to, uh, to let go of that. Um, and for me, it's just like baby steps at a time. You know, I try to work on it. I care a lot. And I guess I see that as a weakness, but I'm also trying to learn to accept and love myself with all of my things. Like, yeah, I care a lot. Like, how can that be a good thing? You know, how can, uh, I care a lot. So I understand other people that care a lot, I guess. Um, I'm sensitive. I know what it's like to grow up and be sensitive and for everyone to tell me, yeah, like, yeah, you're really sensitive. And, uh, so I know what that, just know what that's like, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, these are all the thoughts that have kind of been going through my head, uh, this week is just, you know, and I guess it's just one step at a time. And the you only know, just, when I have things, I try to take care of them. And I'm also trying to learn to let others, um, be who they are and say what they want to say and just be like, I don't have to have an opinion on everything that everybody says. You know, sometimes it's better to give an opinion and sometimes it's better to be quiet. And I'm trying to learn. I don't do it very well with you guys, I think, because I feel more comfortable talking, but I, I'm trying to learn to hold myself back a little bit in some situations. I think like Greg Weekly we were talking about earlier, um, sometimes I just don't know when to shut up and I, I'm trying to learn that. <laughs> like I, I have a hard time yeah, doing that. That's kind of where I was at. But um, we got to wrap it up pretty soon here. But yep. um, that's kind of where done, I was. I, I'm done. Jonathan, you got any last comments? Um, I'll just say um, I like that that comment by Emily that I I, um, I want the same thing. I think it's doubtful that we're going to run into somebody who believes exactly like us. Um, and I'm amazed at the fact that there are certain people who, like I'm convinced they have certain things wrong, um, but I'm not, but then at the same time, I'm saying to myself, well, I think so, I'm pretty sure. But it's interesting to me that some of those people who I'm just convinced have certain things wrong, have certain things really right. So it's it's this idea that it's like, none of us have all the answers, but we can love one another and um and we can feed each other by what you know so it's like it's like we can't we no longer live in the world this is my last comment we no longer live in the world where all the answers are packaged and perfectly placed in one place like this is the right religion this is the right this this is the right that it's like nope that's the next lesson for us is to be able to realize that i think i'll pass it back Yep, it's a great comment. Well, thanks for joining us on Jesus TV and Jesus in the So I enjoyed this podcast. Hope it fed your soul like it did ours.